Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art in Sight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was attended. So, Steve, create that for me. Hi, Steve. Hello, Clark. Uh, it's been a while. It seems like a lifetime, doesn't it? It does. We've been such, so busy, um, but we, I've been busy with my solo exhibition, which just so happens to be in this uh, gallery, uh, which was the last exhibition. Uh, so I don't want to be narcissistic and actually do my podcast on my one. So we, we chose the next exhibition. Yeah. I mean, maybe at some point we will have a longer discussion about your show, your last show, because it's obviously moving on again to uh, another gallery. Key Arts, maybe, you know, we, which we did our podcast there. So maybe the, uh, it's going to be the trilogy. So that'd be a great time to, to talk about the whole 18 months of my life. It would. It would. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah. So, so we're at Aspects. Uh, so Aspects means a lot for me um, to whoever is listening. So for me, Aspects, uh, it's been around for, like the name for 40 years. Um, this is their second building and I went to their first building when I was six years old and I knew from that age I wanted to be an artist so for me the aspects is, a, is you know it means so much to me in my, in my heart and the building is an unusual building as well so I've been here so many times that you know I can I've lost count um, so this building is even though I'm vision impaired I know exactly where I'm going every time I, am, I know the layout and it's really accessible there's no stairs, there's no lifts, it's all on one level. There's a great cafe, uh, a great shop, and great staff. You know, they're really helpful. All the volunteers are so warming. And so this is an old building. It used to be where they used to um, be the dry dock. So this building is listed. So when we go to the gallery, you can't really do much to the actual space, the physical space, because it still has history embedded into it. Uh, and we're actually standing on some of the history which reminds me when we went to first sight. It does. They've got that glass. So there's a big glass uh, window in the floor and uh, we're standing on it. So do you know what's under here? I, I, I think it's some part of the old, part of the old history of the docks, um, um, some kind of old cobblestones or, or I mean, but it's still, I think this is not the only one. I know there's a couple of galleries in, in Southsea because we've got a lot of history that when they converted them into galleries, these old buildings, they kept some of the history. Um, so there's a few dotted around in, in, along the south coast, which has part of the history embedded into the gallery. So under the window, yeah, there's these great big cobbles. And so you, is it like the floor of old the floor to of show old. that what was, what was here before. And the building itself is lovely. It's all red brick walls. It's very clean and contemporary. The art is in, in the sort of the entrance area is displayed. And they actually use the cafe area as well for exhibitions as well. Don't yeah, they? exhibitions and have a great um, community. So uh, Saturday family day, a um, lot of kids, kids and the family, which is, you know, for me, that's how I got into aspects as a six year old. And they do a great thing on a Friday. They have a dimension, a dementia um, art group, uh, which is fantastic. And they've been running that for a few years now. So, so yeah. shall we take a look at the, uh, the show we've come to see? So, um, so here's the show. So it's called Sink or Float, an artificial island by Jessica Weatherly. Well, um, so Jessica Weatherly, 
so this section, so this building aspects, they do a a show uh, emergence every couple of years. So emerging artists from all around the country and the world apply, and they have a group exhibition, and then the winner of that group exhibition gets a solo show. So that's what Jessica did. And there's a description here, but uh, the exhibition brings together the artist's research into the rich ec ecology surrounding Portsea Island and the damage caused to them by human activity. Following the invita invitation to present a solo show at Aspects, Weatherly has spent time with local scientists and ecologists to gain an insight into the urgent issues threatening the vast flat stretches of marshland, mudflats and seagrass meadows surrounding Portsmouth. Wow. Which is it's quite interesting as well, because obviously we're, we're from Portsmouth. Yes. Uh, and obviously this is our, our gallery of our city. And so, but we've both grown up here. Um, and We've probably walked these marshes. You yeah. know, Langston Harbour was a great, you know, I grew up in Langston Harbour with school trips, um, trawling, going, you know, looking at the rock pools. And I, I wonder if kids today can still achieve that with the nature of what's happening in the environment. Yeah, and I'm interested to see the reflection of this show uh, with from an outsider. For, that, for that history that we we yeah. have as a local person uh, and also sort of more generally you know this type of thing is happening all around the country in lots of respects all around the world for different for different reasons you know different um, different environmental reasons different things are happening it's really interesting to see an artist's reflection on what's happening right here in Portsmouth considering we're from Portsmouth and she's from London yeah. so she came down and immersed herself because obviously people don't realise that Port Sea Island, we, we are an island. You know, we're one of the most densely populated islands in the whole world for square footage. But people, when they look on it, because of the nature of the bridges that are coming in, they don't realise we're an island. No, and we're very flat. We're very flat. <laughs> so uh, the whole island, lots of it has been reclaimed from the ocean, in fact. You know, when I was growing up, the motorways were all built uh, and that was actually reclaimed from the sea. So good parts of the, uh, the, the city are actually built over, you know, built, made, claimed back from the, from the sea. And so marshes seems like a really appropriate kind of thing to, to base a local exhibition and on. And it does, and, and ironically, so this gallery is, bought, is in Gunwolf Keys and a stone's throw from the sea. You can hear the seagulls um, straight away and um, you can either hear the horns from the ferries that come in. Yeah, so if we get any of that in the background, enjoy. You know. So what, before we go into yeah. the main room, because I'm, you know, we know- I can hear something. Yeah, so- uh, I can hear you, running you, water. You can probably hear that on the mics as well. Like you can hear that water, they're probably hearing it the whole time. So there's water in here. Outside, it has to be, doesn't it? Because obviously the, I, the before, we, before we go in, yeah, before we, before we go in, Actually, there's actually some of the exhibition just on the outside enticing you in and on the floor. So I, I think this is going to be a, a repeating theme as I can kind of see through in. Um, I should say that from a, an aesthetic point of view, that all of the floor in aspects is, is the polished concrete. So our best, our best gallery friend, I think they, you know, it must just be a, a, an, architect, an architectural choice because it's it so hard wearing and yeah. you, know, you know, it's expecting a lot of footfall. So I think galleries are quite obviously quite brave if they don't go with this option because it's everywhere, right? We know that. Um, so on the floor, you've, you've got that as a backdrop, but then there's a small sort of patch of, of mud and dirt. And out, out of that dirt are these really tall reeds. There's three or four of them and they stand up to about 
five and a half foot tall. So my height. Your height, your height mate. Yeah, 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 I know your height, come, are you height come in handy <laughs> <laughs> to measure things. <laughs> and now you know I'm only five and a half foot tall if you've never met me. So Clark's not much bigger though. No, I'm five seven. But then all, all good things come in small packages, as they say. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, they have to when you're a small package. You don't get a choice, no. do you? So the reeds themselves up to about my head height, five and a half foot or so. And then at the top of each one, they've got these sort of lovely, like the, the flag. So they are dead? They, they, they are, are dead? Yeah, they're dead. Well, they're obviously dead. There's no, so they're there. And, and that's, they kind of create a little, um, it's outside in. Go on. Yeah, so, so you bring, it's almost like landscape, when you build your house sometimes, and you know, bring plants in to bring the outside in. This artist is choosing already to draw us in through bringing something you would find normally outside, yeah. By the marshes, I presume, um, these beautiful reeds, but bringing it inside the gallery. You, know, you talked about mud. I mean, oh, the gallery has its own dog, uh, <laughs> and she wants a bit of it as well, um, which is great. But yeah, the, the unusual part of bringing in dirt inside a gallery is, is that I say, that unusual aesthetic. Um, she's a sculptural artist, so this is her sculptural form. She's taking, I suppose, it could be the dirt from, hopefully, it's the dirt from Portsmouth. Hopefully she's not shipped it from London. That would be, you know, that would be my feeling. I think matter. even if she did, she should say she didn't. <laughs> so it feels like it's from the marshes. It could easily be. And, and so you get, yeah, that sense of outside in it is creating a landscape, mm. a very barren landscape. So should we enter in yeah. the front? Just the actual, as we walk in, um, as you know, this space is probably about, well, you know exactly how long I know, it is. So, it? Yeah, it, it's, well, so it's standard. So the idea of this space, it, there's an echo in it as well. Um, it's quite expanse, you know, it's quite tall ceilings and in there's poles going all the way along. And in the poles, there's um, things that maybe would have had um, shelving on to stack things and they've had to stay there. So they're part of the actual architecture building. So when artists do come in, they have to take it into that, into consideration when um, playing around with the space. Yeah, so there's six of those from floor to ceiling right mm. through the middle. The room itself is probably about 30 meters long and about 15 meters wide, and it's a, a great big white room. And on the opposite side, there's these great big windows set back in this kind of old, the building's called the Vulcan Building, and, and like Clark said, sort of built back to, for the dock. So it's got uh, quite an industrial feel to it. Um, so I quite like that. I with do, the, with, yeah, with the poles and and there is uh, there is brickwork. Yeah, you've got um, all the brickwork, which you know is quite nice. And it's it even though it's lime washed, you still get that old uh, the oldness of it because the, the the red brick from where we've just encountered is the same brick. Yeah, it's the same, but nothing's changed. Well, I think um, walking in, you see the whole exhibit straight away, and. Briefly, you know, that landscape has, has sort of been created. So you get that repeating theme of these patches of little islands of, of mud and dirt on the ground with lots, of, um, lots of, of these reeds sort of sticking out sporadically. So they kind of give you a sense of a barren landscape, but obviously you can hear that water um, and just sort of being here now for a few minutes, you know. It's without anyone here, without anyone here, it's really it's quite relaxing. It's very but it's, I don't think it's supposed to be relaxing. It's supposed to be that poignant because of the environment, the ecological. But for us being here on our own, it has a, a, a almost like in your garden, you, you buy yourself a water feature because yeah. you buy a water feature because of the sound and it relaxes you. Agreed. And so, yeah, I'm starting to feel quite uh, relaxed with that sort of running water vibe, which is maybe a slight sort of, 
side benefit of this particular exhibition that that serene feeling of a gallery and the sound of water generally is actually going to be nice to sit around in here and just enjoy that ambience. And then alongside, just to scan, just alongside those patches, in each, some of them, that's where the sound of the water is coming from. So there's small fountains that are essentially creating small ponds and they're just repeating around. And there's about, of, of, on the floor, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, about nine or, about nine or 10 different size patches. So some are about a meter long or two meters long, some a meter wide, some are much smaller just a maybe a foot in diameter. Um, and so some of those have these little water fountains on. Very brave for a gallery to create puddles, yeah. different puddles in it. It's puddles. Yeah, you, you work with water, electricity, obviously they don't mix quite well. The other element, and we'll go into each of these a little mm. more closely as we sort of walk around, is there's these birds. So they're herons, I believe. Is that right? I think they're Some herons. kind of way, it's tall wading so birds. So I think they're, they're heron-like birds, so long-legged birds, uh, white, and long beaks, and some are standing on one leg and they're standing around, so I should probably wish it what type of bird that is, but yeah. I think um, they, they look like herons and they're black and white, and there's a lot of them around too, and there's a few interesting details on them that as we get a little bit closer, we can, um, we can pick out. So we've got to be very careful in this space. It's not your normal, typical gallery. So I'm actually going to fill the wall because that way I know I'm nowhere near the actual uh, mounds of dirt and the water and the fragility of the sculptures themselves. Yeah, so I think it's interesting, isn't it, that from a, a vision impairment perspective, uh, you, you know, for instance, you haven't brought your stick in here. Uh, no. Which, which to me is... Um, it's an interesting experience for you, I assume. Yeah, like, there's I, a different. I did um, bring my stick in because the nature. I knew the nature of this, and I didn't want my. I, when I'm walking around my stick, my stick could catch the actual pieces and it could damage them. Yeah. Um, it is. It has a very fragility. Space. The navigation is really unusual, even for someone who can see. Yeah, I do feel like if I turned around a little bit quickly, I might knock something over, mm. um, which obviously I don't really want to do. So. Yeah, so there's a, a sort of a different uh, way to be sort of accessing it for you. And I think, you know, obviously you're very creative. So the first thing you've done is put your hand on, on the wall and you, you would find your way around. And actually, now we're there. So we Ooh, take a look. There's some so stuff on the wall. So, so something's been, you can feel the paint maybe? Yeah. yeah so it's been painted on, yeah. To, to the backdrop of white, you have several different elements. One is painting in, in a sky blue, which looks like the, like a map of the waterways oh, uh, around, around the marshes. It looks to me like an ordnance map um, with just the water showing. And as you look around sort of the elements, this is one of the, one of the elements that goes around the whole room. These large sky blue maps of the waterways, which... I've never guessed that I thought it was a tree. Well, I mean, yeah, it's really I mean, weird. That's in actual what it might look like, it looks like this particular one would look like a tree. But because um, it's painted blue, you, auto you automatically see the waterway. Now, I didn't see the blue. It's, it's a hard colour for me to pick out. Right. Um, so how, so you were thinking this was a... I thought, because of the nature of the shape and the shadows it's giving, I thought it was a tree. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's well, I, I can see that. I mean, because water and the way that water would naturally flow, if you were looking at it as a, like this, like a very 
zoomed out top down view mm. the water would 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 look like a tree in some respects because the way that the tributaries run away from each other do look like branches and the the artwork i mean the ceiling is quite high in this room i mean it's probably 10 meters high so these images on the wall are are big they're huge images and yeah let's just have a little yeah, closer you, you look. Can feel, you can feel the texture yeah. from the from the white paint as rigid there yeah. to the blue paint because it almost like a you know anytime you put paint down, is there going to be a, a textual difference? Yeah. So there's you a subtle a subtle it's subtly there, and people obviously don't really when they look at these things they probably wouldn't touch a wall anyway. No. But there is a subtle thing to it. But the weirdest thing is. Yeah, I thought you might have seen. There's these char There's these like a, a charm like a charm bracelet, but this was a hand made out of. I think it's some kind of non-precious metal, like a pewter. Yeah, so on the wall as well, that you picked there, right? So you could see your hand was close to it. Um, there's a little, and on that, you have a, a hand in silver, just hanging down. And as we go along, maybe it will reveal something there to us. There must be a trail. I mean, we love our trails, that, that secret. So there is secrets within, within this exhibition, but I mean, we're standing by the, the first, um, sculptural piece, I suppose. Uh, and obviously on the, the, the bird that's in the heron, there's, there's another one of these charms. Yeah. There's another one of these charms. This one, it's the Portal of Crest. This one's the Portal of Crest. Yeah, Isn't it? That. So this one's maybe a, 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 um, a... So if this one was about Portsmouth and the heritage, maybe. Yeah. Because the, obviously the, the star and the, the crescent is a, is a big part of the city. Um, maybe there's a, a heritage connection with the, the hand. Maybe, maybe. there's a, a secret connection to some history or research that's linked to the city. That, that charm bracelet. But also the interesting thing on, on the bird is, because obviously I can see these, is these bright orange flags coming out. Interesting. And for me, ah. the shape of the mound, the shape of the flags on this bird, it's a golf course. <laughs> we are walking through a Lynx golf course. Now we have a golf course. Um, I play, used to play golf, loved it. Uh, on, East, on, uh, on Eastley Road, which, which does bank onto the marshes. It does, and if you go to the other side on Hailing, they actually have a Lynx course there as well. So there's, it's in between, so that, that, that Isn't marsh that an interesting... that, that, that it's been based on. So we're looking at it as, as an ecological system, but you like say a lot of marshes up and down the country are taken over by Lynx courses. They are. They, I mean, there's a connection to golf, but I think also, so what you're describing there, now that, now that kind of we're looking more closely, is that there's these flags, and looking across the whole room, there's lots of them attached to some of the birds, and then there's full size. I think the reason why I kind of, you said golf, and I was like, ah, oh, definitely, is because there's one or two of the mounds the, the mounds that now you say it, they look like greens, like the green on a golf course, and there's a full-size golf flag. So, and so I mean, the water I, is know, the water hazard. It could be the water hazard. It could. I mean, um, I'm not great at golf, but that's definitely a golf flag. And also the way that the reeds have been set up also give a sense of uh, like golf flags as well. I know. Very interesting. So you know, people might not see that connection, but because we're from Portsmouth, we understand. That what, what well, our golf courses are. I think that it's an interesting choice golf. And actually the thought that I had was that the flagpole is actually the target of your, your, your objective in golf, okay? So if you're gonna get your, hit your shot directly, make it the target, like the targets in this room are the birds 
um, the targets are these sort of the land, you know, and maybe there's a, a link between the target of the, the way that we're treating our local ecology being the target of our actions uh, intentionally somewhat, because obviously golf, you would intend yeah, to, you, you would you, intend you, to hit your target. This is the target. That's what we're intending. Can you, smell, you can smell the earth here. Yeah, because it's, yeah, you can see it's you, right down by where the waters, are, the mud's all wet and uh, you can really smell that, yeah. And there's things in the water. That looks like oyster shells. But cast? Um, in the same material as the charms? If, I, if you mind, just mind, I'll walk yeah. around the other side. God, lucky we haven't got our wires, isn't it? I'd be, we'd be all over the place. <laughs> um, just really getting down close. Are they, 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 yeah, if you touch them, you've got to put them exactly where you, got, where you left them. I'm I spoke to the I'm artist the other day. Oh, right, am I yeah, 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 if you touch it, but it must go exactly where it goes before. Okay, so it is an oyster shell. But cast in the, in the same metal as the charms? Yeah, it's either covered in a metal uh, or cast, yeah, so it's, it, it's metal, yeah. It's really weird, I'm not, I don't know if ports have been, maybe it's, you know, the naivety of myself, of being an oyster... I think there are hey, oyster beds. Oyster beds in Portsmouth. Yeah, I think over over this this way. Yeah, where where this is, there are oyster beds there. I don't know if they're still operational, but there used to be definitely. So I'm just, so you you're stuck now because I I guess you you're with <laughs> facing face to it literally is is where are you, Steve? Yeah, like, no, because okay. it's an unusual. Let's say even for someone that can see the, the navigation between each of the sculptures. It, you're so you, you're conscious of the of what's underneath your feet, the soil, the water, and the the fragility of the birds. I was just oh, have you spotted something? Yeah, so a little uh, there's a uh, compass, a tiny no way, a tiny compass on one of the, the mounds. It's just the tiniest compass. And what was it pointing? Where was it pointing to? Well, north is I, don't, I can't. It's I, really small. I, I can't yeah, see. Yeah, I mean it. It's a, it's a, I don't know what type, it's like a little magnetic compass and it's, I actually don't Isn't know. that interesting? I so I, I, you know, that's got to be no bigger than a penny. It's a, it's a size of a penny, sort of partially buried in the mud. How many people would have spotted that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you would spot it if you were really, you know, you went, I mean, obviously we come here and we get the luxury of really paying attention. Mm. And I think you would definitely see that if you were walking around. Perhaps one of the more, I think a lot of the time when we do get to spend in here, it's like you find some Easter eggs that you get, you know, because you spend that time looking along. And, and that's what this podcast is about. Not just like us going to galleries and looking and speaking as, you know, as we enjoy the art. Why, why can't you go into a gallery and start communicating with your friend and just chatting within that space? Because it brings up really creative discussion, just about what it might mean. And often that's what it means to you. So by talking about the actual exhibit, you're actually talking about yourself half the time because it's your experience. You know, of course. This is, this is what this means to me from the experience I've had. So, you know, I don't know, I'm sure those are herons, but I'm sure someone else, if they were with me, might know for sure, you know. Yeah, birdology, <laughs> uh, ornithology, I don't, I mean, is it egrets? Is that another one that could be? Could be. I think we're yeah. showing our lack of bird yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description, or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time. <laughs>